Last Tuesday, we celebrated one of my favorite holidays of the year. Uh, And I would say it is my favorite, but Jesus was born on Christmas and rose on Easter, so those hold a pretty special place in my heart. Uh, Otherwise, the 4th of July is my favorite holiday. Don't believe me? Ask Ann. I am one of those people who wake up on the 4th of July and put on the red, white, and blue gear. Uh, This year, I sported a red, white, and blue baseball hat backwards. I wore a white shirt and my American flag swimsuit. I didn't even go to the pool. I just wore it around the house all day uh, because it's 4th of July. We've got to celebrate, right? Uh, And I'm also one of those people that have an America playlist on my iTunes. I have about 24 songs, 25 songs that talk about America. And from the moment I wake up, that thing is on repeat until I go to sleep. Uh, And this year it started at 6.45 in the morning uh, when I got up. So that thing was on uh, repeat all day until I went to sleep at 10.30 at night. Uh, I think I listened to Born in the USA six times that I actually remember hearing. I love America. And I love 4th of July. But in all seriousness, I I do love the 4th of July, and it's not because of the hot dogs, it's not because of the hot weather, not because it's the day off in the middle of the week. Honestly, it's because July 4th, 1776, our forefathers signed the Declaration of Independence, and we gained our freedom from Britain. And ever since then, Lady Liberty has been ringing her bell of freedom. And that is what 4th of July is all about. The freedoms that we have in this country our birthday here in America where we have freedom. Because we all love freedom. I don't think I'm talking out of turn as I say for you too that you love your freedoms that you have here in America. As much as we love to live freely, we oftentimes find ourselves enslaved. If you don't believe me, uh, just take a look at your emotional state. Right? Because so many times we, we, we focus on our physical freedoms and yet emotionally we're enslaved. And so you, as you evaluate your emotional state, what do you see? You feel a ton of pressure, don't you? You've got so many eyes looking to you. You've got work to deal with. You've got a family to provide for. Uh, everyone's looking to you. And pretty soon you feel that weight on your chest and you start losing sleep. Wouldn't it be great to be free of that pressure? To free yourself from self-reliance or to be free from self-reliance? Wouldn't it be great if you never felt the chains of being lonely? Because no matter what you do, you you surround yourself with people, you you buy a pet, uh, you, you still feel the chains of loneliness. And once you become enchained to loneliness, it's hard to get away from it. Even when you surround yourself with people, you still feel it. Wouldn't it be great if as you're scrolling through social media, you see what your friends and your other family members have, and instead of comparing what you have to them, you're just thankful that they have what they have? And thankful for what you have? Wouldn't it be great if we were free from bitterness and just lived a content life instead of being enslaved and enchained to uh, this feeling of entitlement that we have? 
You see, so many times, we as Christians, we know that Jesus has freed us. We know He's freed us from sin, from death, and the devil, and yet we still live like we are in chains. And so for the next five weeks, we are going to look at those different topics that I just talked about. And today, we look at a topic that has enslaved all of us, and that is worry. Maybe, just maybe, you are enslaved to that right now. You turn on the news at night, and you see North Korea just shot off another missile, and uh, President Trump isn't happy. What's he going to do? What's North Korea going to do? This could be a, a, a very bad situation. Maybe... You've got uh, a lot of pressure on you to succeed. And just thinking of, of failing and not succeeding in what you're doing gives you a ton of anxiety because all you can think about is all the people you're going to disappoint if you don't uh, succeed. Maybe, maybe you worry about your children and their future. Maybe you worry about your health. Are you going to get cancer? Maybe you worry about a family member. Are they going to wake up and drive and get in an accident? What if a tragedy strikes? What if? Today, Jesus addresses worry. We're going to look in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to learn a couple things on how to free, how Jesus frees us from worry. And if you're taking notes in your worship folder, here's your first fill in the blank. Freedom... Freedom from worry begins with knowing our value. And so let's jump into Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is uh, the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, if you want to read it, please do. Remember the context. The context is Jesus is talking to disciples, people who thought that they could earn heaven. And the whole sermon is to say, you cannot, you need me. And smack dab in the middle of this sermon comes a section on worry. And here's what we are told. Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus he points to two examples in our life where he says, aren't you more valuable? He first says, look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or store away in barns. They don't produce food, and yet God feeds them. If you stop and think about it, birds are completely helpless of food situation, right? They can't grow food. They are completely dependent upon God, and God feeds them. It's God who brings that worm up to the surface at just the right time. It's God who, uh, as a farmer scattering seed, uh, puts some seed onto the sidewalk so that the birds can see it and eat. It's God who keeps the coyotes away from the dead carcass uh, so that the vultures can eat. Disgusting, I know, but it's true. 
This is God who provides for the birds. And Jesus said, if God provides for the birds, isn't He going to provide for you? Because you're much more valuable than they. And He says, let's take another example. Look at the flowers of the field. They do not labor or spin, and yet God clothes them beautifully. Even more so than King Solomon. King Solomon, remember King David's son? He was the wisest man to ever live. And because he was the wisest, he was also the wealthiest. And not even he was dressed as beautifully as the flowers, Jesus says. And if this is how God dresses the flowers of the field, who are here today and tomorrow they're thrown into the fire, isn't he going to take care of you? Because you are much more valuable. Here's what Jesus is saying. You are more valuable than the birds of the air, the grass of the field, the flowers of the field. And if God takes care of these things which aren't really that important, isn't He going to take care of you which He values more? Because when you value something, you take care of it. Raise your hand if you've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. If you haven't seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you need to go home after this and watch it. It's a 1980s classic. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is about uh, a high schooler student named Ferris uh, who ditched school for the day by faking sick to his parents. Uh, And he wanted to go downtown Chicago uh, with his friend Cameron and his girlfriend Salome. And at one part of the movie at the beginning, he gets to Cameron's house, and Cameron is actually sick and in bed. And he gets Cameron out of bed, and the, the scene begins with Cameron and Ferris walking to the garage. And the camera is, camera is on them. And this is what Cameron says. The 1961 Ferrari, 250GT California. Only a hundred of them were made. My father spent three years restoring this car. It is his love. It is his passion. And Ferris interrupts and says, it is his fault he didn't lock the garage door. And Cameron says, Ferris, you don't understand. My father loves this car more than life itself. He doesn't drive the car. He simply wipes it with a diaper. Cameron's dad valued that car. And how how much so? He didn't even drive it. He just wiped it with a diaper. That's how much he valued it. Here, Jesus is saying, God values you. How much so? You are His love. You are His passion. He loves you more than life itself. And we see that because Jesus was standing there. And why was Jesus standing talking to them? Because God values you so much that He sent His Son into the world to live for you. To live the perfect life that you can't. To die for you so that your sins are forgiven. To rise from the dead so that death doesn't hold on to you. You will live. This is how much He valued you. He didn't pay gold or silver for you. He paid the innocent blood of His Son to have you. You are His love. You are His passion. And He loves you more than life itself. If He was willing to pay that price for you, He's going to take care of you. It's freeing to know that, isn't it? That the Father loves you this much. And if He values you that much, He's going to take care of you. 
And yet we still find ourselves worrying, don't we? And the reason we worry is because we don't trust that the Heavenly Father will provide the way we want Him to. Right? Here's how Jesus continues. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. Jesus says, Don't worry. You have a Heavenly Father who's taking care of you. The pagans, the non-believers, they don't know that. And so who do they have to look to? They have to look to themselves to provide. But you, you know that you have a Heavenly Father who is providing for you. And we don't question that, do we? We know that God is up in heaven and that He has all ability to provide for us. That's not why we worry. The reason we worry is because we don't trust that God is going to provide the way we want Him to. What do we want? We want an easy life. We want a peaceful life. We don't want tragedy to touch our family. We don't want to get cancer. We don't want to get sick. And God hasn't, provided, God hasn't said that He won't make those things happen. God hasn't promised us the easy, peaceful, secure life that we want. And so what do we do? We worry. Have you ever heard someone say, Oh, I'm just a worrier. I just worry. Do you know what that is saying? Oh, I'm just a sinner. I just sin. Jesus says, do not worry. God Himself says, I'm going to provide for you. I value you. Don't worry. And when God tells us to do something and we don't do it, what's that called? Sin. And yet we can't help it. And so we start to worry, we stress, we stay up all night thinking, boy, what if, what if I don't get this job? What if, what if my job doesn't work out? If I don't keep the, the, the career that I have, my family can't live the life we want. Or we look and we say, you know what? I want good health. I don't want to get sick or, or uh, cancer or any diseases. And so we eat healthy. We exercise. Uh, we stay away from chemicals in certain soaps because uh, it could cause cancer. Uh, thinking that we have control. And that if we do those things, tragedy won't strike. But the harsh reality is that we live in a sinful world. We live in a world that is filled with tragedies, filled with sicknesses and diseases. And the kingdom that we want is never going to be here on earth. One of peace, security, uh, joy. That's the kingdom we want. And yet it's not found here. Because here is a sinful life. And so we see, and this is your last point today, that true freedom comes from His kingdom. Here's how Jesus finishes this section on worry. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. For a pagan, a non-believer... What do they have? 
Just this life, right? And so no wonder they worry and fear. Because this is it. This is it. And so they want that life of peace and no tragedy because what does tragedy mean? Game over. But not for us. Though we are tempted to worry and make this life, that kingdom that we want, we know that God is bringing us to the kingdom that we want. Not here, but in heaven. Think about it. That's the kingdom we want. Peace, security, uh, no tragedies, no worries, no pain, no hunger, no tears, no mourning. That's the kingdom He's promised you. It's not here on earth, but it's in heaven. And so He says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. How do we do this? Because He promises If we seek His kingdom and His righteousness, all these things, including a calm and peaceful heart, a still soul, will be given to you as well. How do we do it? We do it by replacing what we don't know about the future with what we do know about God. And what do we know about God? We know that He's provided you with righteousness, right? He's provided the perfect life through Jesus that you needed to get to heaven to get into that kingdom of peace. He provided you with with the blood shed on the cross by Jesus so that your sins are washed away. He's provided you with uh, uh, Jesus conquering the, the grave so that death can't hold you. So even if the worst possible thing happens to us, tragedy strikes and we die, we go to the kingdom that we so desperately want in our soul. He provides us with the promises that He will strengthen us. He will provide for us. He's promised you that His love will never be taken from you, that He's always with you, and that no matter what happens in life, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. This is the promise that He's made to you. And He promises that when you die, you are going to be in that kingdom of peace that we so desperately want. And so here's your challenge this week. You can write it down. As you feel anxiety and worry building up, pull out a notebook. Yes, physically pull out a notebook and start writing. Write down all of the ways that God is providing for you that day and has provided for you. You can start at the top with spiritual things. He's provided you with forgiveness. He's provided you with salvation and life, the guarantee of heaven. He's provided you with faith. He's provided you with His Word so that you know how to get to this kingdom of peace and it's through His Son. And then go to the physical. He's provided you with a good night's sleep. He's provided you with a car to get to work, your spouse with a car to get to work. He's provided you with money to make that purchase. He's provided you with family and friends. And the list goes on and on and on. And pretty soon, you realize, my God is taking care of me in every single situation. And as we focus on that, and we realize how much God is providing for us, we are free from worry because we see God providing for us. And the more we concentrate on that, the less time we have to spend on worrying. It's easy to worry about tomorrow. But the, the thing is, tomorrow never comes. It's always tomorrow. There's, there's only today. And today... God is providing for you. He's provided for you and we know it because He values you. He sent Jesus to prove that. 
He's providing for you and He promises that He's bringing you to a kingdom that you so desperately want. It won't be found here on earth, but it will be found in heaven when you rest securely with Him forever. So seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and a calm and peaceful heart will be given to you as well. May God bless you to this end. Let's close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for valuing us so much and for giving Jesus to live and die in our place. Calm our hearts and let us always trust in You. Amen. Please stand.